0: in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations, but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it, life is hard, and let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone and not only that we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline so join us as we journey together and laugh cry and everything in between welcome to the more than enough podcast hey guys welcome back to the more than enough podcast hey ma how's it going
1: good i think i just realized when you said hey guys even though you've probably said it a lot i just realized okay well we just again remind you that we're from the south so I'm just going to say, hey, gals. Hey, guys and hey, gals. Y'all. Hey, y'all. Oh, I, I like y'all. Hey, Y'all's y'all. a good
0: one, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah.
1: I, okay, I might take some turns doing it because I love the word y'all. Yes, I think I had
0: a welcome mat that said, y'all come back now. <laughs> you hear? You here? <laughs> yes. My daughter was like, really, mom? Really? Yeah, that's taking it <laughs> over the line. Yeah. That's a bit much. Uh Uh So this is week two of our series of Emmanuel, God with us, and just talking about different aspects of this bigger storyline, not just Christmas, but this bigger storyline of what is God doing? Mm -hmm. What was in his heart when he not just created us, but created Christmas? And what part did that play in the bigger storyline? Last week, we talked about the Trinity, What was the Trinity thinking and doing even before time began and how the Trinity had us in their heart like an amazing author was writing the storyline before time began and was just waiting to unfold the
1: storyline. I just love that. I just love that. Really, I'm dead serious here. That is such a great (laughs) because I would never have thought of myself as a writer. Now I do. And the idea is that an author has so much in their heart to write that they don't even really get written down until they've really thought through it a lot. And so i love to think of God as the author and architect. I mean, so he's going to make it happen. So it's like I could write a story and I could actually have the power to make it all happen. I mean, just to think about all that, how amazing that is and how long ago, how very long ago God has loved us. I don't know. I find it amazing. It's one of those things, if you don't think about it, you're never going to be able to be moved by it unless you sit right. for just a, more than one hot minute on it.
0: Yeah. And when I think about the Trinity waiting for this part of the story to be revealed. Yes. He sat and watched so much of his creation suffer under the law and under this weight, knowing that this is all to paint this picture. This wouldn't have the fullness. This wouldn't bring the most glory if it didn't come in this way. And sometimes I've heard people say, oh, like this was the only way God could do it. This was the only way that God could reveal himself was him coming down to earth. And I'm like, really? Really? Was that the only way? Like the God of the universe, he could have done whatever the heck he wanted to do. I'm like, I don't believe that. I don't think it's the only way I think it was the best way. I think it was the best way to bring about the most impact and the most glory to his name. So if we believe that, if we believe that this was the best way to bring about glory, it it almost puts that in a different picture. It's,
1: oh, no, this isn't just part of the story. This is the best way that this Mm. story could unfold. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel very much like what you're saying about the whole story. All the parts to me. That's become in my older age, a real love and desire to see the whole gospel from Genesis to Revelation. So I've given that a lot of time and and writing and working on some things. But to me, it's so it's like the quintessential Cinderella story As females, those rom-coms can just get us. But it's like you it's truly like the most epic kind of story of all time. That the king, who doesn't even compare to the god of the universe, basically comes in on a white horse and rescues us. But this king gives his only, his one, only one son, a begotten son. That means there's no other like him. This only son that has been with him for billions of years within this context, it's just amazing. And if we see how we're impacted by the story of christmas him coming into the world and theologians call that the incarnation where god becomes a baby where god becomes a child a person and walks and lives on earth and the idea of that is that from that time to this very time jesus is now god and man he has that identity fully god and fully man but all that to say i think the idea about the incarnation that is so moving to me that i can hardly bear it it is this idea that there's some parts of jesus that he takes with him into eternity that won't change his identity as our brother and our savior and soon to be our bridegroom these roles that he's taking on with all of humanity, calling us now brother and all of John 17 talks about how we're like in, like we're an heir like Jesus and that the father loves Jesus, but he loves us in the same way he loves Jesus. That's all mind boggling. How is that yeah. even going to look? But I think one of the most disturbing things was realizing that he will actually carry whatever that means, these scars on his body that's hard and furthermore what was hard for me is to think that there's any part of him that he gave up to the father that might not fully look the same it's just all so much i can hardly bear it when you sit in that one i'm telling you it just you just want to wail and you want to grieve for whatever he lost for us and of course i'm speaking very much in human terms because In God, he can't really lose or gain. But it still comes from this place of great love. The motivation of sacrifice and the payment for eternal punishment are things we do not yet understand, mostly because we don't choose to look at them, honestly, because the Spirit of God is here to instruct us and teach us into all things about who God is. But anyway, the whole incarnation always gets me going. And so, I love to think on those things because they are pretty, pretty crazy and hard to really even get ourselves into any posture of understanding. But when we do, God is faithful to reorient us, have us see it from a whole new way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned how we love these stories of the knight coming in on a white horse. I think of, like, Nicholas Spark books or whatever. No matter what the book is, it always has a similar bent. And most authors, they can have different stories, but you can always kind of tell the thread of the author. And, oh, I bet it's this author. He always tends to bring that element in. And I feel like when you look at the Godhead, at the Trinity, it's okay. We see some similar threads here. And... Of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. I At the time, I'm not sure if certain people saw those threads, but when I right. think of Jesus in the way that he was born, in the simplicity of it, in the quietness of it, in the obscurity of it, it wasn't coming in on a white horse. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw it as that. It, and I think in different parts, even when Mary says, and then she pondered these things in her heart, it's yes. like, it was a pondering. It was a thinking on, it was like, "Whoa, let me take this in and then just continue to move forward, continue to just live life and to raise this son, just trying to ponder that the fullness of what that looked like in her own heart. But again, just like what we even talked about last week, the storyline was huge. This was like a mic drop moment of Jesus coming to earth, right? It was like, okay, the savior has come. You have come to bring freedom to us and take control of the Romans and all the things, but the Lord, no, that's not, That's not usually my MO. I am like much more subtle. I'm all about the long game. But if you trust me and if you come under Mm. my storyline, it will be like 10
1: times more epic than you could ever imagine. Man, yeah. I wish we could just sit for a minute in silence on that. It's so much more epic than epic, right? It is And his responses and how he does things and how he waits and he is not impatient like we talked last week. There is nothing moving within him that is in conflict or dis-ease. Yeah. It's amazing because he's going for this larger picture. There's just so many parts of his life as you brought up his mom raising him. I've thought of just that the angels come to her and Mm -hmm. she's just a teenager and we so dismiss that. But she's already betrothed. So that's like being married and you're going to have this baby, you're pregnant. She's like, what? Oh my gosh, is this possible? Then the other guy, he would have been older than her, but he's a virgin too. And he knows there's no way he's still a virgin. He knows he hasn't been with her. And then the angel has to come to him. No, this is what's happening. And I mean, these aren't just small things. Right. But even as I think about even those
0: things, I think about In every one of these situations, they had to say yes to God's storyline.
1: Yes. And some would say, well, that's pretty compelling if an angel visits you. But in reality, I think we can all have our own sorts of visitation and sort of we just don't remember it. Right. We don't think about it. Forget what we've seen. Mm -hmm. And I I was struck with Joseph. What he has before him is to be the stepfather to this child that's actually God's child. He's not even the real father in that way. How is he going to navigate that? And talk about we talk about expectations. Man, if Joseph were living today, he'd be seeing a therapist three times a week like, "I can't take this pressure. Right. How do I meet the expectations of God? Is this like the real God almighty?" I mean, man, I dude, I'm just a guy. Right. right. Yeah, and it's like, "What is happening?" You know, because that's serious expectation, that's serious pressure that we could feel. That couple, they endured so much shame and ridicule and despising of their neighbors and even family members. It's indicated in Scripture that it was just believed that Jesus was a bastard child, that they'd had sex before marriage. Right. And that's why anything that came from that town, because that was so scandalous, they had to bear this. Jesus had to bear that shame. Oftentimes, the child himself, who was, let's say, born out of wedlock, uh, they would have used different terms at that time, much more serious. He would have borne the weight of that, and his parents would have had to obviously explain that to him. But in all of that, it's just kind of a crazy thing that God the Father is the active component where conception happens inside of a womb of a female with no sperm, but only the Holy Spirit, who brings this together, and we have God now living in a womb, going to come through the birth canal and be born as a bloody baby in a stall, like you said, Mary, all the simplicity and the smallness and the unseenness. And yet at that same time, the Bible tells us in another scripture, that there were thousands of angels that were singing Yes. And swirling throughout heaven because it was so marvelous, so unbelievable that God was going to be born as a human being. They they could not get over it. They just sang and sang in myriads. But while all this crazy stuff is happening and then it goes on from there, he's tortured and dies and takes on all the curse for sin all these pieces in this incarnation were all part of God's heart so that humanity would have a sacrifice that was like them. Only this sacrifice was going to be perfect, not like the first Adam, but he would be the second Adam.
0: Yeah, I think when Mary said yes, and even when Joseph said yes, And when so many of us say yes to what the Lord's doing, it's like we have no understanding of what that looks like. And I think about Jesus and the nativity scene, the angel comes down and all the amazing things. We're like, this is so beautiful. And then now, the growing. Now, like Mary said, now I'm going to ponder these things in my heart. Now we have to let these things take root and take shape. I love how like one of the only verses about Jesus growing up The only verse that we have of all of him, like the creator of the universe. And the (laughs) only verse is like, and then he grew in stature (laughs) and wisdom. Then he grew. That's it, right? He grew. He grew strong and had wisdom. That's it. That's all we have. And I was, I was reminded a few years back when we made our first real garden, I had planted some things in the past, but I was so excited because I finally wanted to like make a real big garden and I had researched forever and gotten the right soil and did all the things and I got these tiny little carrot seeds if you've ever gotten carrot seeds they are minuscule. I'm like microscopic almost. Microscopic. You're like that's not a thing. So I'm planting these carrot seeds and I'm telling you Charlie and the kids can attest I was like so stressed about these carrot plants and I'm like (laughs) I know I did something wrong. I should have put more seeds in there and I'm like nothing sprouting up nothing's coming up and he was like you need to chill out you did all the right things you planted the soil good just wait just wait and I can remember the day vividly that I go out there to do my little watering and all of a sudden I see like a tiny little green sprout and I'm like what is that? Is that a weed (laughs) or is that a sprout? And I see the little green coming out. I was like, oh, it's a sprout. And I mean, talk about it felt like Christmas morning. I was so excited. I know this sounds just ridiculous to people, but I was so stinking excited about this little sprout. Mm. Uh, And I was like, yes, that means it did something. It did something. (laughs) It's growing underneath. And I made the kids come see. They're like, yeah, wow, look at it. (laughs) And I was so, so excited. But it wasn't ready to be pulled up yet. It was still Mm -hmm. growing. It reminded me of what that looked like, of Jesus coming to earth. It was like, yes, this is what we've been waiting for. We're seeing the fullness of this. But it's not ready to be pulled. The, this, this feeling of tension within the mm. humanity of the continued waiting, the continued growing. And I think about the disciples even. What were they having to do and to walk out to be able to be in a posture to say yes, yes. when it was time? you know? Yes. And so what's happening in our lives now that we're saying yes to, that we're pondering in our hearts and putting ourselves in a position to be willing and ready
1: to receive and to say yes to what the Lord has. All these little side trails that we take to you listening, these are all the ways that Mary and I are trying to tell you that you can allow yourself to just imagine things. It doesn't have to be like theology that's dead on a page that has no life to you. Mary, I think many people love how you tell stories that are connected to spiritual truths or even spiritual events. I think you all listening can see that these are some ways that we can bring things alive when we sit with God and just not read something that's dramatic and say, oh, that's weird, but I guess that's how it was in that day. None of these things were normalized. They're no more normalized then than they are for you today, whether it's pain or whether it's great joy. The fact is that we can take all the parts that God has given us, all our broken parts and all our parts that really long to know God more, and we can do the same thing. And you do a good job, Mary, of really modeling what that looks like is just to sit and think, what would that be like? God, show me. And then you begin to see these wondrous things. So I'm highlighting that because we're talking about a story, we're talking about the story of God, we're talking about the story of Jesus, but all of this is unto our own stories being impacted deeply by God's example, as Mary can give so many stories that I know are impacting you greatly. This is exactly what God does because he's the greatest storyteller and has the best stories because it comes from his very nature. And so we're just inviting you in when we talk about the story to become more curious, more interested, to really see and dig for the the storyline that God has on any given thing. So, you know, Mary, you're just always amazing at that. And I think it's just such a good example as we're talking to people about how you can enter into this way of thinking and waiting on God on any part of your own story as you're processing it with him. I guess the question comes up at this point as as we come to an end is some some out there who maybe think in these terms might be really, really confused about Jesus and how this is all possible for him to be God and find some of this very difficult to even understand or some maybe even believe. And so for those of you who are thinking that and feeling that way, I would just want to say... That God is more than able to bring faith and to bring hope that this even could be true. And if you are in that camp, we just want to invite you again to just ask Jesus to help you to see, to help you to understand, to help you to encounter Him. What a season to be able to do that. For many of you who that is not where you are and you really do know God and you're wanting to grow, I just want to say that this story, it does have so much ability to change you this Christmas season. It does have so much ability to have you slow down. And when you look at that baby in the manger, even after these couple of weeks we've had together, pause long enough to allow God to open up your heart to the miracle of the incarnation of God. The miracle, I heard a quote recently, it was something in research I was doing that Larry King, most of you might know who he is, he interviewed people, and he said the one person, if he could go back and interview, was Jesus. (laughs) Because if he could look at Jesus and believe that he was alive and real, the one question he would ask him, was Mary really a virgin? That would be the one question he would ask, because he said, if that was true, then he would know that everything about Jesus was true. I love that uh, picture of someone thinking in that way who maybe hasn't come into the fullness of God yet because there are some truths in this that are just straight up sort of baseline curiosity and putting a one-on-one together. Now, I know that's not true of everyone. But the bottom line is if one miracle is true, Something that cannot happen spontaneously within the world as it is, even all of the amazing pieces that God has put in place for physics and chemistry and every other wild imagination thing you could think of, the universes, the galaxies. But if God can do one, any one of those things out of nothing. Now, think of how many things have come about that many are saying there was just a moment in time, but no one can say what struck that match? What was the match? Right. And that would have really evolved into millions and millions of components that needed to be in place before the next thing could happen. The Christmas story is an absolute miracle, absolutely, positively in every way. But the idea is that if a miracle can ever be done by a higher authority, and we call him God, that is his name, then it can happen to you. It can happen to you with coming to know him and being changed by him. Christmas is all about the miraculous God. Let's just encourage each other that whatever we're contending with in our life in this Christmas season, even if it's sadness and depression, whatever it is, let's remember that the God that we serve is so much bigger than us and miracles are always a possibility in our own hearts when god is in the room we just want to leave you with that today and say again thank you so much for sitting with us today we love you and we pray for you thank you so
0: much again for tuning in to the more than enough podcast we are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website but for now if you would like to stay up to date or follow along you can follow us on instagram at Ames girls that's a-m-e-s-g-i-r-l-s We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcast, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.